Hello everyone, before this episode starts, just want to let you know that I made a big old goof before this episode, I was tightening my mic in its mic stand, and I accidentally turned it around backwards, and this is when I found out my mic is not bi-directional, you have to speak into the front of it, so it is going to go from my normal sound, like this, to sounding like this. It's listenable, but it sucks, and sorry about that. Um, We'll be back to sounding good next time. The year is 2003. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And this is My Guardian's Year. Variant cover. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club, where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, and this entire podcast experience, the years Dave and I have been working together, has just been me molding him, fine-tuning him into the perfect comic book podcaster. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been it's a little bit of a failed experiment. Uh, I'm joined <laughs> by Dave today, who admittedly is very cute. But also quite dumb. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was like, do I just be mean? Do I just say stupid? <laughs> I think that's. I mean, listen, the high evolutionary was not nice. Was not yeah. a nice yeah. fella. Um, but no, it's listen. On one hand, you don't want to know that you're an experiment who's going to get raised mm-hmm. when your podcasting isn't perfect. On the mm-hmm. other hand, I kind of appreciate the opportunity. Uh, so we're here. We're going to try <laughs> yeah. to craft the perfect podcast episode talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3 today. We'll be back next week with the My Marvelous Year read-along, continuing on to 2003, Part 3. But today is an MCU Guardian special. It's just Zach and I. When Charlotte's away, the boys will play. Mm-hmm. Right, Zach? This is gonna, Listen, That's it's going it. to it's gonna get lewd. It's going to get masculine. It's going to get... Deeply, rude. deeply rude. rude, deeply rude. Mm-hmm. Already started rude, frankly. Yeah. So just we just have to keep it going. <laughs> and uh, we don't mean rude like you know Hulk Hogan in the '90s, just to get some more wrestling talk in there. Wow, really, uh, I mean, really forced that like, in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that era. This era is really good. Of the like, uh, Hulk Hogan is so upset by you know what's happening to him that it's like he's wearing black in mourning uh and it's you know like <laughs> where's his traditional hulk the hulkamaniacs are suffering out there like there's are all the, this totemic stuff that's happening where like are, are there actual rude know, boys the, the giant is the, is so is the rude hurt. boys a team i don't think so yet no because that's no uh, okay is that? anyway no we, we don't need to actually get into this because i'm sure some people are tired at le- or at least we, we save this for the end um but uh, yeah, anyway, we're going to be rude, just meaning insulting each other, not, uh, you know, provocative. Well, and um, I'm going to be and I'm going to be rude to this movie, Zach. You are. Yeah, you are the patented MCU defender. And well, I'm not alone here. This the savage <laughs> critical beast coming in hot. All right, Zach, do you want to start or should I? Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can start. I, I think I've been here's my my take on the MCU generally. 
last few years. Uh-huh. Um, sure. Okay, going big. Is the, well, I mean, you know, talking about most of the shows, talking about most of the movies, not all of them. I think uh, Multiverse, like, rose above a little bit for me. No Way, no way Home rose up above. But, like, I've generally enjoyed the TV and the movies a little more than, I think, the, like, consensus in our Slack, at least. And, uh, and you and Charlotte, maybe. But I've kind of wanted to talk about them less. <laughs> Meaning, like, I actually don't think they're particularly, like, valuable movies or like that there's that much going on in them but i kind of just had a fun time and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i'm okay with that um guardians i think rises up to be like probably ooh, it, it's been tough i've been like is this the best one since endgame i think so no way home comes close but i think this takes it in as much as i think it's like a fully formed film like you like this better <laughs> than no way home it's tough without having like seen it again you know i got recency bias but Mm -hmm. yeah i think so i think i think it works better just you know holistically uh i think has better i don't know character stuff work i don't even i don't want to compare too much um but but you're saying you know in the in the ballpark for best of post endgame right yeah oh for sure like very very close um i I did get a text from someone in real life though (laughs) from saying Hey, just listen to you talk about uh, Ant-Man 3, uh-huh. and I was so mad at your opinions. <laughs> I was like, this can't happen. This can't leak into my real life. Now, that's, anyway, that's, so that's wonderful, but I, Zach, this. those texts between us are private. <laughs> those, I did not mean for you to share that. <laughs> God, just you texting me. Uh, yeah, I listened to the podcast today. You, you were terrible. You really <laughs> just, upset me. <laughs> Just sending me critiques the, the next week after or weeks later. Anyway, just to frame all that saying, I think I've been a little, a lo- not alone, but like somewhat in the minority of being like, it's fine. Like, who cares? The Ant-Man's okay. It was kind of fun. Um, Guardians, I think everyone's like this movie. I think everyone's like pretty on board with this, you know, with at least, you know, who are into the MCU movies. I think yeah. it's got a pretty good reception overall. Yeah. So, uh. I am really curious to hear what you didn't like about it. I will talk about some of the stuff I did like. I think... Well, hang on, hang sh- on. Just before you continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Just before you continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zach. Uh-huh. <laughs> this movie's really good. <laughs> this is... Oh, come on. Are you kidding <laughs> I, me? I led into this leading Zach to believe that I was going to come in hot and take this movie down. Yeah. But Zach, okay. Zach, I saw right, this yesterday... Right. It's it's flipping good. <laughs> oh, okay. God, I, was I can't really I cannot keep this like, up even long we gonna... any longer. It's oh, a genuinely okay. good movie. Um, I was I mean I was gonna you know defend it I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. That w- that would probably make for listen. I I just couldn't keep it up for an hour. Um, and also I just don't want that on my head. Pretending to dislike this really good movie for that long. <laughs> oh, well, I'm uh, glad you didn't like let the joke go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Farther, yeah. Too too long. Okay. Um, yeah. you know where where it actually? So I, I saw it yesterday. So I've been I've been sitting with it for 24 hours. You saw it probably a week week ago, right? Ago so you, yeah. you have a little more time with it. Um, I left the theater thinking that was very good. Um, it was very sad, right? Uh, which I expected, but it was sad in ways I didn't expect, and and effective at that. Um, the humor, I, I actually don't think hit when it was trying to as much for me as previous movies, but it, you know, on occasion, right? And anyway, big picture, we can talk about the details. I, would, I thought it worked quite well. Where it really stood out to me how well it worked is, so I go and I look at my MCU power rankings on CBH, and I'm like, this is this is right where you just said it, Zach. Like, I'm like, okay, I actually I don't think it's as good as Spider-Man No Way Home. I didn't 
if you want to make the case that it's like yeah a better more holistic movie yes i'm with you it did it not looks nice That's it did like not give me the spine point. spine tingling yeah. spectacle and sure. experience yeah. Yeah. of yeah. no way home right which is you know it kind of cheated <laughs> but it did so effectively so anyway i i don't think it's quite that good but it's like yeah it's clearly for me the second best of the post endgame experience and i'm looking at this and i'm like the only question is is this at the bottom of my second tier of great MCU movies? Or is it the first one in my third tier of good oh, movies? Oh boy. Oh. And we gotta let's dive into this. Let's not talk about the movie. Let's just talk about numerically. I'm not gonna <laughs> where, do the where? I'm not gonna do the full on ranking, but the point is I couldn't decide. And mm-hmm. I left the theater thinking, like, oh yeah, like it's pretty good. But now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh no, like this is one of my favorite MCU movies. You know, if I'm putting it in that second tier, that makes it one of my favorite MCU movies. And I I kind of didn't realize that until I started looking at the list of like what's in the MCU, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, no MCU movie has come even close to making me choke up the number of times this movie made me choke up. I haven't fought back mm-hmm. tears this hard, Zach, okay. since my first date in seventh grade when Gandalf fell to the Balrog at Lord of the Rings. <gasps> oh, man. I right. haven't choked back me. tears that still hard since that. <laughs> okay. My date looking over. You okay? Yeah, I'm good. Every um, time I watch those movies, something else, like a new thing hits me and makes me cry <laughs> in those movies. This last time we just watched it, it was just, I think it was uh, just Sam running out and starting to like drown. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, no, Sam, you love him too much. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I'm trying to think of other MCU movies that kind of hit me. Uh I think the end of Infinity War, you know, that, that kind of gets me choked up a bit. And Spider-Man No Way Home, the big death in that uh, kind of hits. But yeah, sure. Yeah, it had its sense. it had its claws yeah. in me. It didn't. Yeah, Ro- Rose was all stuffy afterwards. And I was like, oh, are you having allergies? She's like, no, just from like all the crying. Yeah, yeah, right. No, <laughs> yeah. like it, it's. I, I but don't it, think you it, know what? It, it didn't over because yeah. I was a little worried going into Like I knew it was going to be sad. And, you know, I'd seen enough to be like, okay, it's Rocket's backstory. They're talking about We Three comparisons. We Three being the Grant Morrison, Frank Whiteley graphic novel that is, you know, built to make you care about animals and then make you cry. Right? Um, and I don't love We Three. Have you read We Three? Uh-uh. Nope. Okay. I don't love it. Frank Whiteley, Grant Morrison, pretty good together, Zach. Pretty good yeah, together. Yeah, hard, it, yeah. to, hard to denigrate it too much. But that graphic novel is one of those things where I just – it actually – like this this movie hit me way harder and i thought james gunn was pretty flipping brilliant here in terms of like how much to show us of the backstory you know because every time we flip to rocket's backstory i'm kind of on edge right and i'm I'm a little bit like okay how much how much animal cruelty are we going to show here um how long is this going to go am i just going to be feeling miserable this whole time and like it was the perfect blend it was and and it didn't it didn't hold back too much to diminish the effect and kind of the horrors of the high evolutionary, you know, but it didn't linger too long to the Mm. point that it was still not of a piece with what is a tremendously fun trilogy of movies all put together. I think one of the things I was worried about going into this is the two things that I've seen from James Gunn between guardians of the galaxy two and three suicide squad and the guardians Christmas special. Yes. Both did not live up to, like, the highs I think he set with the first two Guardians movies. I like Suicide Squad, but I think it's... Totally... I like it a lot more than you do. Uh, yeah, you, you for sure. But, like, I like that movie. Like, I, 
like watch it again like i had fun with it but i think like the jokes don't like like actually like structurally don't land as well i think the like the setups and the gags i think the tone like shifts the like rapid tone shifts between the like violence and the sentimentality that he likes to do you know these like big swings emotionally and the big you know goofy violence uh just didn't kind of balance itself well i think so that was in suicide squad and the guardians of the galaxy christmas special feels so flimsy and rushed and over jokey like that's the thing that when people are complaining the mcu is just too jokey like i love mantis and drax but like the whole thing being around them was too much the kevin bacon thing didn't work for me uh i, I really felt, disliked the christmas special i it yeah, did I not it, really, it did not in any yeah. way diminish my expectations for guardians 3 i have you know because it is it's one of, it just felt disposable it's um, totally yeah but yeah. you know gun was involved top to bottom right but he i did know say... but you told me the thing <laughs> yeah, where the yeah, quote yeah, yeah. was like you know, oh i wrote this in a day and you know it just yeah. <laughs> just came out and it's like yeah it feels like it you know and it's like yeah, it's yeah, yeah, totally exactly. disposable but i i had very i don't know i, I kind of had some whiplash on this one in terms of the the big picture mcu stuff where i was like okay guardians 3 is going to be good you know this is a good trilogy they know how to make these movies it's got the benefit and we can talk about this as maybe actually let's talk about this now so we're both we're both clearly big fans of this movie i think mm-hmm. One so it did a couple things for me. Um, one, it really highlighted how much I disliked Ant Man Quantumania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, oh, actually, I mean, it actually made that worse because it's. I, I had fun with Quantumania, obviously, but like you know, there's no comparison. Well, really. and the and the big problem for me with that is I just think it's amazing. Like one of the strange realizations here is that it simultaneously works very well, but does nothing to inspire confidence in the future of the MCU. You know, um, because it's just an ending of a pre-Endgame legacy movie. You know, yeah, oh, it's, like it's it is the, a it feels the the end of the Guardians trilogy. It's not like the next chapter in the MCU, which is good, right? Like, I feel it's like good for this movie. It's good for this movie, absolutely. Complaining about it a little bit. No, no, like, like it's. I I think that's where I want to be careful. Is like I'm not complaining that it didn't do more to set up more because that's mm-hmm. that's a back and forth that happens with every one of these movies. You know, mm-hmm. I, that is not a complaint. I don't wish this movie had done that. But what it highlights is is that the MCU is not in any better shape. In fact, it's in worse shape because you have James Gunn leaving. This Guardians franchise is going to turn a new leaf. Maybe it'll be fine. Maybe Guardians 4 will be amazing. We'll get a new visionary talent and the franchise will be fine. But like this is a conclusion, right? It's an ending to and it's a it's just a delayed ending. You know what I mean? To a pre endgame thing. Um, the Guardians franchise is the one that had the longest legacy of anything except for Thor, which kind of doesn't count in my view, um, of anything that's left, right? Guardians number one came out in 2013. So this is a full-on decade of people building expectations and and love for these characters in these stories, right? And I, I do think that, that that matters a lot because what it says, it, it says more about the affection for what the MCU built from 2008 to 2019 than it does for when this movie's actually coming out. You know, the thing it actually generates confidence in, for me, is James Gunn and his new role as head honcho of DC. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Cause I, which I already I already like his stuff a lot. Um, but it is the type of movie where you're like, man, I can't wait for a Superman. Like he's gonna do, he's gonna do something interesting. He's gonna take a swing, and I I'm listen. Really, if it's not great, it's not great. But like he's gonna take yeah. a swing, and I'm here for that. I'm really curious how he'll handle not, you know, joke teams. 
right? Like, and he turns like joke. But this movie is not a joke movie. You know what I mean? No, no, I know. But like, you know, Guardians, it's like, it's got an inherent silliness. Like you can't have this tone in a Superman movie, right? And this is like the tone he functions in this and the Suicide Squad and Super and Slither, right? Like he kind of has like, he's he's got a, a mode that he works in. Um, and a style that's like pretty specific to him. There's like, no reason I, Jimmy Olsen can't be funny. Well, it's not funny. It's not that it's funny. That's not like his defining thing. It's that he like has a crudeness and a like nasty hyper violence mixed with you know trying the, the like yeah this almost like mockish emotionality stuff going on right like but big I think emotions. That's the thing I think about Guardians by, Three like, though. Big silly violence. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, no, go ahead and finish. Well, I just, like, you know, the, the there's a big running joke here where uh, Star-Lord is trying to get uh, Gamora to, like, stop shooting people, <laughs> right? And, like, yeah. they're kind of having an argument after she shoots, uh, like, a receptionist in the leg. And it's, like, this woman, like, falls over screaming, <laughs> right? And she's, like, shot in the leg. Like, the violence is not uh, underplayed here, right? Like, she's screaming in pain and she's been shot in the leg. But it's, like, played kind of as a goof between these two characters, you know, it, like, kind of mixes these things that, like, this is real violence mixed with, like, the silliness of, like, you know, X, these two X's squabbling over, you know, how to handle a mission or whatever. I don't know if you can do that kind of a thing in Superman, you know? So I'm, I'm curious what he does, if he, like, tones down that side of him or uh, if he adapts, like, Superman into that, you know? I just think the... Anyway, we'll the, see. It's yeah. a Superman conversation as to how much yeah, it works. Yeah. I do think... Yeah. There's a sincerity and a willingness to, I think, an increasing willingness to wear the emotions very outwardly oh, sure. and yeah, unembarrassed, yeah. unashamedly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and in this movie, I think, is the one that does it the best of any of them. I think Guardians Two kind of struggle with that. Um, That's cr- you're out of your friggin' mind. Yeah, Guardians what are you Two talking is about? Guardians Two is God. fine. Um, and we don't need to re- uh, we don't need to relitigate. Uh, when was how the last fine time you saw is. Two? Did you see it in theaters? Oh, and I would, that's it. I would. It's too too recently. If it's been, I saw it twice. Was the problem? If I'd only seen it once at the drive-in, I would say funniest Guardians movie. No further comments, Your Honor. Um, but then I watched it again, which was a mistake. Uh, but anyway, the point is, the yeah, point yeah. is, mm-hmm. this movie was incredibly sincere with its emotions, yeah. which which that is the key to Superman That's for true. me, right? So yeah. I I have a high degree of confidence there. But again, kind of getting back to the focus of Guardians Three and where it fits in the MCU, this movie's more like Endgame or Iron Man 3 than it is something about like a phase 4 phase 5. So, you know what I mean? Setup which uh-huh. is which is to the benefit of the film specifically. It uh-huh. just does nothing for cuz I, I I was definitely of the opinion that even after Quantumania, which I obviously despised, um that like okay, Guardi- but like guess what? Guardians 3 is going to be fine and the MCU is going to be fine. And I think what I had made the mistake of of tying those two things together. They're actually unrelated. Guardians 3 was fine. That does not say anything about the future of the MCU. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Right. Yeah, yeah and I'm actually kind of like, I kind of hope they don't keep going with these. Uh, I think it wraps it up. I, I mean, you want to take a break? I would say. I mean, you know. Yeah, I I kind of was like, oh, it might be nice to see Mantis, you know, as a surprise cameo years from now <laughs> in something and whatever she's up to now. But like, I kind of I kind of don't need more of these. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about the movie, Dave. Okay, we're talking around the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Let's do it. We get Counter Earth here, okay? 
That's crazy. <laughs> when he was like, we're going to go to Counter-Earth, and then it was just a replica of Earth. Yeah. And he does a weird swing with it, where it's populated with high evolutionaries, weird animal people. Um, Why is that a weird swing? But, hmm. I don't know. I guess it was just a, something I said. Because oh, it's animal people. What are you talking about? Oh, no. Well, that's <laughs> that's what Counter-Earth is. That's the high evolutionaries deal. Oh, I thought it was just humans. Didn't they have... Is it strange to the animal thing? Oh, oh, and the like the, the original warlock stuff by Starlin. With yeah, like, that's the last time I've yeah, heard yeah. from Counter. Um, no, no, I mean High Evolutionary has always been into animal people in the anime. Well, yeah, I, I, they mentioned here. the anime, and I and, was like, I don't uh, know them. I remember yeah, them. Right. No. So like populating with animal people was was definitely fully what I expected. I I yeah, loved. Okay. Um, jeez, oh, I apologize in advance for the mispronunciation. Uh, Takuri. Yeah. Let's say. Let me let me look it up. Chukwudi Uweje. Yep. He was he was very good in Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed I've, I haven't there. seen him in and that, but like big big Shakespeare guy. Big Shakespeare guy. Uh, seems seems pretty awesome. And man, did I love his high evolutionary. Like just selling yeah, the really chaos good. and violence and mania. It's the most I've ever cared about the or liked the high evolutionary yeah, as a villain. I mean, <laughs> I saw yeah. I saw somebody being like, "Oh, the villain's one note," and I'm like, "Have you read? You have not read a high evolutionary story?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because this one, if listen, if it's one note, that's a note I can listen to for th- two and a half hours, and it's way better than any high evolutionary thing I've ever read before. I'll tell you that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah I sure. I liked. I mean, that's the most I've liked an MCU supervillain performance. I mean, I was very high on Jonathan Majors Kang, you know, which obviously now, you know, it's pretty tarnished it's to like it Look, um it's no no it's like i'm not gonna pretend i wasn't I, I that always bugs me when people you know somebody gets in trouble right and they're they're no longer acceptable because of their personal behavior yeah, and then people sure. are like i never liked warren ellis comics yeah, so it's like, yeah congratulations yeah. <laughs> um well that, that kind of happens with chris pratt a little bit and i i have to admit like his annoying off-screen stuff like i literally after this movie a friend uh, sent me a tweet that was just talking about him in an interview being like um, Jesus's love helps me deal with the haters, and I was like, "Are you <laughs> like his online haters?" Uh, yeah. He copes, you know, using Jesus. Um, but he's so funny in this. He's good, uh, man. In this, he's this a good movie, star. Lord. I was like, man, like him and Gun really, like Gun really directs him well. Um, here, he's so charming. He's really funny. Like he's he's this role is so perfect for him. It was a really weird, and obviously we're spoiling things. Probably should have said that up front. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So the po- the second post credits tease, I was yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. curious about, you know, because I was like, oh, maybe this will uh-huh. be more set up-y or maybe they'll do something big here. The big, the legendary Star-Lord will return, like, was so uh-huh. deflating. <laughs> yeah, a little, I was like, like what was oh, that? Is there, well, to me, I was like, is there a character named, you know, kind of like the Mighty Thor? Is there a legendary or whatever it was, Star-Lord character? Is there a different Star-Lord? Or is yeah. this the one? Um yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of thought the same thing. And I and I I agree with you in terms of I really like Chris Pratt in these movies um, mm-hmm. more so than anything. You know, it's Parks and Rec, and it's this. Like these are the good Chris mm-hmm. Pratt performances yeah. in my yeah, view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so yes, but, I, but High Evolutionary like, think, being yeah, being evolved, the supervillain right, connecting right. to Rocket's origin makes a ton of sense. We talked a little bit about just the terror and the the trauma and the sadness of Rocket's origin. There are so many ways this could have gone like horribly wrong, you know. Like if you just say, if you just put on paper, like third Guardians movie, we're finally going to figure out what happened to Rocket Raccoon. Like I don't know that I wanted or needed that. You know what I mean? Um, and that's one of the things that I really value in storytellers, where it's like, I will give you what you need, not what you think you need. <laughs> like <laughs> like creators who have that confidence to do that and do it well uh, are are so valuable, and that's what they pull off here. 
because well, it he doesn't he doesn't focus on the you know like the, the misery of the torture necessary it's all character stuff yeah right? like right. he grounds it in the relationship of rocket and his uh like cage mates here right like that's the main thing here and the relationship between rocket and the high evolutionary which uh, i do feel bad for the actor because you know he's mostly acting against <laughs> you know a little puppet a green puppet i'm sure um but he did he did a great job um yeah because you know it, it yeah it's less about just like torture porn of watching rocket be you know picked at and uh, i don't even know if do we see like you know a surgery scene necessarily no it's all um, it's all post aftermath kind of post stuff, op yeah. it's all aftermath it's all because the, the thing too though about because i feel like a decade ago or, or longer certainly right gun would have shown you that stuff gun mm, would have made yeah. it gross and i actually it, it would have been nauseating and i don't know that it would have had the same impact frankly um yeah. there's some stuff that is better left unshown sometimes you know i think the the other thing with it here that gun does so effectively is rocket is a baby and there's just like there's an emotional attachment that you can develop to a cgi raccoon that lets you keep your eyes on the screen and not disengage that like if you actually used a three-year-old toddler my brain would just disengage it would be like no i'm, I'm this is too sad i can't <laughs> i cannot oh i thought you're gonna be like i can't care about a baby being tortured <laughs> no no it's for me it's it's yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. op it's it's kind of the opposite where it's like i care so much that i would actually just be like f this yeah I'm the out. little the little bit of a distance uh yeah, yeah. and Make here it it's free. like no raccoons were actually harmed in the process of this movie yet i felt no. every every harm that was done to them mm. um it's really smart and uh, you know and again just too like making the high evolutionary's goals be very ham-fisted and it's a super over-the-top performance, works incredibly well in this outsized cosmos of the Guardians. You know? Like, it, this is a comic book movie, and it just owns that. There's no secret sauce to this in terms of, like, trying to be something else. You know? It is just big space opera epic stuff, and sometimes those outsized characters live well in those spaces. And final thought there, despite saying, you know, Gunn would have leaned into sort of the torture of it previously... I do still appreciate that he does not shy away from the grossness of things. I mean, even just landing on that like bioorganism brain oh, planet. It's so good. It's super the, gross. The big, and it's the plug of, you know, tissue they pull out yeah. to, to go in and like little fat globules start like, like there's floating n- off into space. Exactly. It's, it's really like good. there's there's a whole realm in Quantumania that's never been explored and it just feels like the most basic Star Wars cosplay stuff. Gun's cosmos feels gross and slimy and weird, you know? Well, he does ground it in, like, here's, you know, at least, I guess, three, like, specific locations, right? Like, here's the uh, the space station that is built from, like, biomaterial, right? So, like, you have, like, a grounding in, like, what this place is. And here's Counter-Earth, and it's, you know, yeah. like a 1970s uh america i guess american suburb but populated with like animal people mm-hmm. um yeah so you know versus quantum mania which is a little bit of a pastiche of just like here's a bunch of weird stuff <laughs> and it's like all mixed mashed together and it's uh, and i like some of that stuff but yeah it doesn't feel like it has you know place to it but yeah that that bio uh that sequence in the like the space station orgathorpe where they're breaking in is uh, is one of my favorites like it had a bunch of really good jokes nathan Nathan Fillion, right? Fillion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who I actually kind of usually find a little annoying. I think he's he's got 
a little too much like self-awareness in his deal um it's really funny here like his whole joke <laughs> of just hating his lackey and just uh trash talking his like minion who's behind him the whole time like oh yeah i got one of those guys like that really hit for me um and i think he was really kind of undercut his own charm which i appreciated um yes he was not playing the the smug also charming uh version of himself which he typically yeah. is in in most yeah, things yeah. yeah he was playing just kind of a jerky cop <laughs> with one specific you know guy yeah. that he just hates on his crew um, it was a yeah. there were a lot yeah. of really good well. moments and sequences right the the multicolored space exploration and hacking into this brain the hallway mm-hmm. action violent you know the the action scene set to the oh, beasties yeah. so we'll talk about the just one like, more that, action that set to the beasties is... please yeah i i think like uh the, like kind of a gimmicky one shot action scene i think could be very um I don't know, tiring maybe, uh, or like, or feel you could feel the gimmick of it. <laughs> I guess like overshadow the actual sequence, but it's done so well. I love that scene. It. I think is I love great. It. Like, yeah, having it, it, he puts enough interesting, weird touches in the, uh, you know, like it, it's the strange fisheye lens look to it. The camera lens really distorts it, um, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of like that fun comic book thing that I think like. The Russo brothers are actually pretty good at an Infinity War and Endgame where they're like, okay, you have multiple powers pushing up against each other. Let's do like fun little moments where, you know, what would it, what would Spider-Man and Black Panther do if they were fighting, right? right? Like instead of just punching each other, let's like find a way to, you know, like synthesize the two powers. So it did a lot of that. Like these two team up to take down that guy and, you know, just lots of fun superheroes. It's stuff. that pure child brain um, nostalgia. Yeah, for um, sure. But sometimes that can be used sparingly to tremendous like the the idea that rocket should be able to run along Groot's tendrils as they're weaving mm-hmm. all over and yeah, be, but right. like it, it also speaks to the history of the characters together you know like there is character development in that action that only rocket could do that's not, and it you know so it looks cool but also it's like well actually that also makes sense because they have so much history together um i love that stuff you know and just the fact yeah. that like there's there's little things here too where it's like yeah this is the third movie like these, these, you know, a lot of stuff has happened off camera where it's like Groot and Star Lord can be surrounded by thirty people, but they have so much experience together that they can handle that situation. Like that's that's those are nice touches that don't need to be oversold. They just happen, and it's it works tremendously effectively. Um, who are who were the characters for you? We talked about obviously Rocket and High Evolutionary are the center of this. I think the movie falls apart if it's not as great as it is. Um, who who are the other characters that for you were like? standouts or stuff that worked really well didn't work that sort of thing saldana zoe saldana who i've always liked as gamora but i don't ever think i was like i don't know the character was never like a huge draw for me i think this like slightly altered you know this gamora 2 from this other universe yeah um i think she gave a great performance here like angry and uh exasperated but you know like having her armor up uh against star lord and seeing it like chiseled away a little bit um really good i think like saldana really was impressive here i think I her like, best performance across like all the movies i would i completely agree i like gamora deadliest woman in the galaxy more than i like gamora um romantic interest of star lord i think by yeah it in like her having her yeah i don't know like she was less of just kind of being like stone cold here and you know like it kind of gave her space to just be big and emotional and yeah mad in a way that in the past she kind of was more like in control of her emotions and just kind of like flat and angry 
Um, right. Yeah. 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 I really like that. All right, Dave, let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is the one big part of this movie that neither of us liked. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to, do you know we this about me about or are you just assuming no, it's but Warlock? I know like, it's got to <laughs> Ah, okay. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be Warlock, right? I knew, I knew you and I would be on the same page about this. Okay. But, let like... me, let me start by saying, okay. <laughs> I don't mind taking a swing and kind of changing Warlock's deal. Um, mm-hmm. I had, cause like I, I did not have high expectations or frankly, really any expectations for a post Thanos warlock. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, we're kind of already right? like, after yeah. what warlock is meant to be, which is the Starlin version of the counter to Thanos. So it's like, okay, we're not going to have that version. What can we get? Um, the example I give here is in the best guardian story of the past decade, the video game where warlock shows up. And is just this like alliterative blowhard, like Shakespearean blowhard who speaks entirely in like borderline incomprehensible alliteration, and is a wonderful choice for this strange, powerful, perpetually resurrecting, you know, Christ figure, space space Jesus figure, you mm-hmm. know, um, that works really well, and that is not the stoic, powerful warlock of the comics. The teenage Dunderhead warlock, mm-hmm. I don't ne- actually mind that necessarily, um, no, because yeah. he's there's a there's a throwaway line that the high evolution or somebody says to the high evolutionary, which is like he took him out of his cocoon too early. I'm willing to believe that, like, okay, this is like the '60s him version. Exactly, and that, that was what I kept being like. I'm like, this is not Starlin warlock. This is yeah, the, like. This is him. <laughs> now, what's yes. what's weird about that is you you could just you don't have to do the him version <laughs> like like you don't have to build warlock in that way. You could dive straight into it. You can just go head first the way the video game did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so of the choices, obviously, I have my preference. I think a big part of the challenge here with this character is uh, we don't really know anything about them it's clearly just set up for potential future use where they can become a version that we might be interested in um and i don't know it's kind of just it's just a body you know and i think if you've read the comics and you kind of know the value that this character can have it's definitely one of those things where it's like all right that was kind of that's not my favorite (laughs) like you know i don't know what what did you think of it i i don't have actually any complaints about his characterization necessarily like i think it was kind of fun and funny i like will poulter the guy who plays him a lot and i actually i I think he did a good job of giving me hints of like okay i'm kind of seeing like this guy's personality whatever i think he's just like totally underserved by this movie like he has an arc and at the end the arc i'm like wait did really like you're giving this guy an arc because we've only seen him in like two scenes yeah right and they're very slight so like it felt undeserved to have him have the big, like, you know, face turn at the end where he decides, like, oh, you know, maybe I'm someone who can have family and, you know, him, like, saving Star-Lord, putting his hands on the group, you know, trying to be part of the group hug. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess this is... Like, it felt it felt a little shoehorned in. It felt like it was It felt like it was missing a scene. S- it felt like it was missing several scenes. Yeah, right. Um, so, that, I mean... And the movie's already big. It's already two and a half hours long. I don't know how you get to more of that stuff. You know, it just felt too slight. You know, it was, it was not enough of him uh, 
you know, so it was less like a, any problem with what they were doing necessarily and more like I needed more to make what happened work. I, I mean, I was genuinely surprised that because there's, there's the scene, <laughs> scene at the end where Chris Pratt, Star-Lord, is, uh, is like floating back from the uh, the base onto the, the onto nowhere and he starts floating off into space and, um, you know, like depressurizing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is mirroring the first movie because that happened to him in the first movie and then he saves Gamora, right? He jumps out to save Gamora who's dying in space uh-huh. and he goes after her and saves her. Uh, I think, right? That's how that I, I do out, not or... remember it that well, so I'll take your I'm word for it. I'm pretty sure, I'm almost positive like the two of them because uh, like Gamora's left. Nebula like destroys Gamora's ship. She's like floating off into space and then Quill goes to like save her. I think. Anyway, I was just shocked that it wasn't Gamora. I was like, oh, this is like perfect setup for Gamora to come in and save him. But maybe that was done intentionally to say, like, we're not, you know, like this doesn't end with them reuniting romantically. And I think, like, Gunn is, you know, underlining I, I appreciate that, that but, they like, moved on from that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of the point is that, like, start, it's a breakup movie for him. And he's just like, okay, I'm <laughs> learning to live without, you know, my Gamora. Right. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that it was Warlock and not. Gamora. Uh, that joke, though, <laughs> of his, because it's genuinely, like, a little disturbing watching his face start to, like, swell. Yeah. And puff. It was so, the... it was so kind of visualized that I was like, wow, they're actually killing him. And, like, this is yeah, not, a, yeah. this is not a killing him movie. Like, it's not, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, uh, but wow, they're yeah. doing it. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, same, uh, in, but kind of in the service of a joke of him then landing and his face is just a disaster. <clears throat> and him being like, did it look cool? Which yeah. is kind of a callback to earlier. That, that really got me. Um, that joke, that joke landed well. It anyway, is. yeah, it's Warlock cool. is f- fine, but the, clearly like the weak link in this movie. And he starts out very cool. Like, I like his, his, uh, first appearance. He, he comes in like a big threat. You know, I appreciate like, Gun using real violence, like really upsetting violence. Well, and the Guardians just get their butts whooped. I mean, and they yeah, just he's bright. I mean, he devastated. snaps Mantis's arm, right? Yeah. Like he starts breaking bones. You know, I guess like we soon find out they have you know magic healing rays or whatever. But I, didn't I mean, he ripped Groot's that. head off. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. He ripped Groot's head off happened. and snaps an arm, and then he, you know, the whole movie is motivated by saving Rocket after this, who gets blasted. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a, there's a real and, brutality you know, and, to it. The MCU has a has a thing where, like, you know, characters have little quests, right? And they have a little quest where they're running around, whatever, the quantum realm for reasons. <laughs> and I mean, that's, you're like, that's oh, not well, exclusive the, to the MCU. It, it, well, sure, right. But, like, you know, this, this is a recurring thing with the MCU where uh, oftentimes, you know, like, the plot that's motivating the action um, is kind of just the plot motivating the action, right? There's nothing particularly behind it it's like we have to go here to get the doohead to like escape this place and you know the ultimate goal that's just a way to get us to go from point a to point b but this one's staying grounded in it always is about rocket and trying to save rocket's life and that like the stakes about around rocket's life feeling very real mean that like i don't remember why they went to oakthorpe i guess they went for they needed the passkey to rocket because rocket has yeah yeah, technology on his heart which the whole time i was thinking like oh rocket put that there because he didn't want to get caught again, but I guess it was high evolutionary technology that mm, they put okay. there. Um, anyway, I plot stuff aside, I think like just grounding it in the emotion of the character means that you know, like you're always invested, even if 
you know the the actual plot stuff the plot exposition stuff is not as uh as important yeah right so uh yeah 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 that that stuff's great i know i think um, it, it generally works i mean and just to put a bow on the the warlock thing yeah did yeah. not bother me i'm not mad about it again mm. because it's post thanos i'm warlock's kind of just like a kind of a sunk cost <laughs> you know do what you will <laughs> yeah sure. with this yeah, character yeah. have fun yeah, i didn't with them. have expectations yeah like, i think it just yeah it's just screenwriting like it's, it's just a screenwriting problem not I, a I think it's a structural warlock. it's a structural problem yeah. too that you i think elucidated well which is you know it's it, it either needed more time or just taken out because it it didn't have the space to to make us feel that um yet it got kind of a weird amount of attention uh yeah. but i mean i think otherwise virtually everyone is served well here i i you know what i kind of so with Quantumania, obviously I have a lot of problems with the movie, but I really disliked at the end that it made a whole big thing about like Scott's got to stay behind and Evangeline's going to join him and they're going to be trapped in the quantum realm now. And then it walked it back very quickly and easily. And, you know, just it just really diminished like the sacrifice and what they were trying to do, any heroism to it. With Guardians 3, I definitely went into it being like, oh, this is going to be sad and we're probably going to lose some Guardians. Right, like some like I I thought for sure Drax was gonna go because mm-hmm. you know and Dave Batista has been talking a lot about like you know I kind of want to be done and all this stuff so I'm like you I know think he is done him and Saldana both are like this is the last thing we're doing for Disney yeah so it's like yeah. you know I was like okay we're gonna take some characters off the board <sighs> on one hand it feels it the movie didn't need that I guess is my thing the movie didn't yeah. actually need that it was Rocket story and I think to put to try to double down on the emotion of losing one of the other guardians would have been just like it just would have felt off you know it wouldn't have felt right it, it kind of was the thing that i felt with um queen angela Bassett in in wakanda forever actually where it was already like this movie's already drowning in the tragedy of chadwick boseman um mm-hmm. i actually don't think you need a second and people can disagree and i think we had we already talked about that part of it but ending the movie with the separation of the team and just kind of the sadness of that, and again, dating back to, or going back to what I started talking about early, which was, you know, we've lived with this franchise for a decade now, right? For for folks who grew up in the 2010s, you know, this is a Star Wars experience of, of space movies. I'm not saying they're that good. That's not the point. But the point is, you've had these things yeah, in your lives for a decade. Better. These characters separating and going different directions, that was sad too, <laughs> you know? Like, I was, you know, and it's like you're already caught up in a lot of different emotion and sadness around this film. Um I actually thought that kind of worked better. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Like, I think he really got me in thinking that Rack, Rocket was going to die. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay, they're doing it. Like, and and I was actually kind of still satisfied with the amount of Rocket we had gotten, even though he only gets about four minutes interacting with the the rest of the crew here. And like, if he had died, then that would have been it, just right at the beginning. I'm uh, glad it didn't happen, but it would not yeah. have. It would have felt pretty bold if it had i don't know that i would have disliked yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah and yeah because i felt like kind of emotionally served by all the stuff that we had seen before right like we got so much of his character through flashbacks um yeah so like i he really he really fooled me there um yeah so but then having him come back you know and, and kind of take over the team does feel like a really nice like satisfying arc here that was um, fun i like giant group yeah you know? Yeah, uh, Kaiju Groot was very fun. Groot yeah. with wings, like all the ways that he starts to use Groot here uh, in like new ways, and you know, just kind of a disembodied head Groot uh, is quite fun. Yeah, yeah, and just rolling around like a spider. Um, the 
is the stories that I, the people who get a little underserved. I wish Batista got slightly more, and I think see, I don't. The, but that's that's Christmas special feelings migrating here. Yeah, well, I meant, where I'm like I Batista have... and Mantis got their time and they blew it. Yeah, and <laughs> well, I'm they good. only got joke time, you know. Um, yeah, which you know it's tough to pull off. I I do like the stuff that they kind of pushed in at the end. It just felt like it's the end of the movie we have to give Batista something which is you know him like being great with kids and the uh that the line that really like got me like hit me in the gut was the like you know you weren't born to be a destroyer Jeez, that a killed dad. me oh oh I, god I think that was the line that I was like most like that hit the, the that hit me yeah. that was the most unexpected mm-hmm. and I was just like whoa what, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought I was done crying what like uh-huh. that one yeah. nailed me yeah. oh man so I think that's, that's very satisfying to have him, like, you know, stick to nowhere and then, you know, that these kids need him. And uh, kind of a, like a nice closure on his whole arc uh-huh. through all three movies, right? The beginning of the movie, first movie, is him trying to avenge the death of his children. Um, so I, I appreciate that. And I like, you know, the kind of bittersweet of Mantis going off on her own. And Yeah. I think, yeah, like I think all, Nebula all is probably the most, like, she gets more to do here, which is nice. I still she's f- kind of just in a good place and throughout and that's it like she doesn't she's have in a better arc, place yeah there's no kinda, there's no arc to it i guess you know I, they, I think she's had enough like struggling through the last few movies to just have her be like the one who's doing okay <laughs> kind of competent kinda, and and just hold yeah. the team together in some ways yeah, yeah that worked that worked yeah i guess that does kind of work yeah i think you're right i like i like cosmo uh coming in here I uh, do like maria cosmo. baklova that was nice baklova um who's like having a moment this uh this actress yeah uh, marie yeah yeah she's uh well i saw her in bodies 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 um which dave is a it's a horror movie for uh for the kids came out a couple of years ago for the, year. <laughs> yeah, for the kids like for the teens it's very, it's very uh gen z um so it's yeah. right up your alley yeah exactly <laughs> uh and then but she got nominated for an, an oscar for borat she was in borat and she got nominated oh. for like, the best supporting actress, I think. Yeah, the best actress in that. I haven't seen it, the second Borat movie. But uh, yeah, she, so I hope she she was great in Bodies, Bodies. Bodies. You know who really I liked the second Borat awesome. movie? Huh? My wife. <laughs> did she really? <laughs> no, she Wait, would definitely not enjoy that. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were just. I was like, I kind of know your wife a little bit. Like the. You forcing her to watch it is surprising enough. Her having watched it on her own <laughs> is genuinely like shocking. Yeah, yeah, me. no, that would not happen. Based on my idea of who your wife is, pure son um, for a funny gag. Here's here's something. Beginning in the movie, opening credits, you get you know the credits for all the guardians. Mm-hmm. You get credits for uh, Will Poulter and mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Debicki as you know the whatever the golden I can't remember the golden woman. That one really so bothered. It uh, bothered me the whole movie. I was like, who is she? I cannot place her, but she's I, got a. She's her in name Tenet. is I know her from Tenet. Ayesh. Oh, she's in. She's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's like six four. She's extremely six tall. four. Yeah, she's very tall. What? I don't know if that's actually true. Let me <laughs> six three. She's six three. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah, she's very tall. Anyway, all these all these credits of the people who are in the movies in the movie, including um, Michael Rosenbaum, and I was like, oh, okay. Like this is actually this led me astray because Michael Rosenbaum. In the post-credit scene of two, you get to see like Sylvester Stallone and his little team. That is yeah. like yeah, yeah. a bunch of other weirdo guardian people, and like the voice actors that they got, and the actual actors like Michelle Yao is there. Miley Cyrus does one of the voices. 
Michael Rosenbaum is doing um, what Martin X, the like Crystal Man, right? Uh, I believe uh, so. Yeah. And Michael Rosenbaum, yeah. for those at home, famously yeah. Lex Luthor in Smallville. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which I I grew up watching. Anyway, tons of like big names in that little post credits tease. Uh, just, you know, if you read the credits and I was like, okay, Michael Rosenbaum, I guess we're going to get that team. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't know. Somehow, I don't know how big a name Michael this... Rosenbaum is. <laughs> but he got opening credits. Like he is up there with all the, like his agent must be incredible to have yeah. negotiated him into the opening credits because he has like two lines and I couldn't tell you what they are. Uh, shouts to, like... shouts to Sly Stallone and Bill Murray for getting their MCU paychecks for bare minimum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like Stice work. alone's fun. I, I like him. Stice alone, I think I said. Well, that, I think, it, you know, I think you're right. I think it was his brother, Stice alone here, <laughs> because there was not a lot to tell us that was actually His Stice. eyes are always just swollen and uh, inflamed. Stice alone is one of the quickest on their feet boxers I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely incredible. But honestly, he eats like a pig. Eats like a mm. pig. Stye. Oh, Stice oh, pig sty. I was going for like, you know, you know, the inflamed eyelid <laughs> classic style situation <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. I, I, was, I was so in that mindset that i had no idea what you were talking about yeah, yeah. that he eats like a pig <laughs> <laughs> that's why i emphasized it for you um yeah no they i mean whatever he didn't they didn't neither of them no they they weren't movie. anything that's i was just surprised the opening credits michael risenbaum was in there um i i i do like the uh this is the kind of mcu stuff that i really love is when they start getting like unified visual design across stuff so like one of the ravagers cast portals like the um mm, sure you know like dr strange and company yeah and uh and uses magic but like i really like that you know some forms of magic look the same throughout the universe right like in the interspace travel you know across different movies because we've seen i don't remember what other movies we've seen but we've seen non-guardians movies where people open up warp holes and it still looks like the like hexagons you know the world kind of turns into hexagons and then one opens up yeah um yeah i, I like that that was a nice well and like, also just like hey magic is out here too okay we can, mm-hmm. some people could do stuff with that um i think you could make a really good case that this Thank is you. the best guard <laughs> zach i just think you make a really good case yeah uh, you can make a really good case that this is the best guardians movie like i would not Only, only if you be have bothered kind by of like that. an insane conception of guardians 2 that it's not so so uh, where do you, where do you put them then how do you put it do you put it two three one two one three what's what do you do it goes two three one two three me. one it, for you it's it's close it's i go close one between... i go one three two one three one i've seen a couple times and it has like it, it's good i, I, really I give a one, ton of like... weight a ton of weight to kicking it off doing yeah. it right and setting the stage I give so much weight to that. And and just the experience, too, of going in being like, well, this could be a train wreck. And mm-hmm. then it instead being, yeah. you know, they get a ride at Disneyland now because they're such a known friend. Like, that is, yeah, come on. Sure. Like, that is so hard. Um, I, I, I am not, I can totally hear anyone saying my favorite is one or my favorite is three. Uh, two is the only insane it's answer. It's crazy. You're, you're a little out of sync there. People love two. Like, no, only the, the you, only people who only don't you like in our two. Slack. Uh, only you and the and your your friends that you brainwashed in our Slack feel that it's, way. It's it's just like it's one of the most tightly thematically bound MCU movies, right? Dude, like are we just ignoring movie... how like pretty boring Kurt Russell's ego is? Are we just pretending that's oh, not a part great. of that movie? Oh, I don't think. He's oh, I'm sorry. Is he a planet with a mustache? No, 
No, he's not. That's true. Sorry, that's true. that's true. Downgrade. That's true. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. It's a good. Listen, I like that movie. Critique. I like that movie. Fine. I don't actually dislike that movie. I just think by comparison, it's not on this level. Um, but any, but the point being here for three, people want to say this is their favorite. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, get it. I totally get it. Um, this is it's it's an excellent excellent trilogy. How about that? Right. Regardless yeah. of which oh, one yeah. you put them no, in. No, I mean, it is no lulls. I, I guess right? I would There's take no, like, Cap. I guess I would take Cap as a trilogy over this, but but that's it, and not by much. I do love I love all those Captain America movies, but they feel that feels less of a unified trilogy, right? Like one feels pretty like a little bit. The first Avenger and Civil War feel like entirely different films. Entirely. Well, but, different I mean, universes. there's a Bucky through line, I guess. Kinda, but oh, like. Yeah. You know, like th- that first movie feels like old classic Hollywood, you know, like action adventure filmmaking kind of stuff. And then the third one is like, this is an MCU. Oh, to- tonally, there's a big, sw- big swing. Yeah. Right. Whereas, Whereas this feels like it's the same nice director, uni- same writer throughout. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's the difference. right. Yeah. It feels very um, unified. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think I think this works. Better. But I mean, that's the only the that's the only contender. So, Zach, getting back to what yeah, I was saying earlier in terms of. Yeah. This being, you know, it's the end of a legacy, right? It's the end of a decade of Guardians movie. Uh, it Obviously, the series could continue, but it'll be outside the Gun Trilogy. It'll be a new thing. The only other ongoing franchises that the MCU still has that started, like, at least a year or two before Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Our Ant-Man is actually the oldest now. Started in 2015. That's Sorry. a... That is a tarnished franchise, can never come back uh-huh. from Quantumania. Yeah, and it wasn't that good to begin with, yeah. Doctor Strange started in 2016. Mm-hmm. It's three years after Guardians. A continuing franchise, which is, eh, you know, average to good for me. That's not a favorite. You give me another Raimi, I, I will be happy, you know? I'm, yeah, I'd, I'd, def- I'd, be over I'd definitely be here for it. Brought Raimi back again. Yeah. And then you got Spider-Man, which started in 2017. Mm-hmm. Which is the clear best of these three options, um, yeah. as far as but but I yeah. you know that's like Spider Man is kind of a a different animal. Obviously, has No Way Home posits because the MCU starts there, but we've had Spider Man movies for twenty five years, and then you have Captain Marvel and Black Panther both start right before Infinity War, so I would not really consider them pre Endgame kind of ongoing franchises. You know what I mean? So I I really think yeah. like unless you're incredibly attached to Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, like this was the last, this was the last franchise that needed to wrap. But you know what? Okay, here's here's the thing. I'm looking at you know what's coming out between twenty the next six movies. Uh, none of them are sequels except for Deadpool three. None of them are direct sequels. So you get you get the Marvels right, which does have Brie Larson. Which I but it's man, not, am I hoping that movie rules? Like I I really I, I do too. And I saw I saw the trailer. I've been avoiding MCU trailers, and I've been pretty good. I didn't see the Guardians trailer. I went into that blind. Yeah, but I did see the Marvels trailer before Guardians. Um, and I was like, oh, cute. Like I'm really glad to, you know um to see uh Amon Bellani here and like doing what I was hoping, which is you know bouncing off of the kind of more serious Brie Larson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked how charismatic Excited. she seemed in the trailer, which because that mirrored mm-hmm. the Miss Marvel experience, I thought. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'm hopeful for that. But then I'm less hopeful for Captain America New World Order next year. It's coming next year. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah, I, mean, it, it's, I mean, it's the Falcon, you know, or the Sam Wilson Captain America movie that has, uh, boy, who's the, Tim Blake Nelson as the leader? I love Tim Isn't Blake Nelson. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. But, like, 
it's it the director of it is the director of uh falcon and winter soldier which yeah. you know does not give me as much as i actually think that show is okay i don't think it's a train wreck but doesn't give me that much you know excitement for a movie mm-hmm. thunderbolts you know it, it, the thing is also I, I guess they're taking swings on new directors so they have some directors i mean i guess you know james gunn hadn't done anything too too notable sam watt who had done spider-man uh john watts had not done anything like very exciting just small little horror movies so anyway thunderbolts blade deadpool 3 fantastic four those are the next five announced movies they're still um, building still yeah, well, trying you know, to build i'm I'm kind of happy to have like a bunch of first originals in there, you know, like Thunderbolts and Blade. That's exciting to me. I do like think something like fresh. One thing I was not maybe fully anticipating was like kind of how much of a hard reset they needed to do, you know, because it, it, they're doing the thing that comics publishers do all the time or Marvel does specifically and kind of makes the mistake of like they're trying to have their cake and eat it too, where they're like, well, things didn't officially end. So we're just going to keep on rolling through it. But then at the same time, we kind of need to hard reset and build this thing back up. And it's just kind of a messy process, you know? Um, some things are ending. Some things are beginning new. Like, yeah, I, I just yeah, think yeah. it's really going to... It's more of the phase one experience than I think maybe I was fully prepared for. Because obviously at this point, they just cannot feel... You cannot feel that way and you cannot grant them the amount of... You know, obviously, like, they had to win over the majority of the population but it was also like there was a lot of leeway i was willing to grant you know the first thor or whatever like the first you came out of the first thor being like okay <laughs> you know like feeling okay whereas like now if that movie came out you'd be like what they don't know what they're doing you know what i mean like the expectations are so much sure. higher yeah um anyway anyway i mean i do think if you're looking at phase four phase five so far you have two let's call them great movies spider-man no way home and guardians three guardians is phase oh phase five okay yeah yeah, yeah. and then and I then you have Two mass, two critical busts, regardless of how we feel about them, in Eternals sure. and yeah. Love and Thunder. And then you kind of just got middle of the road, good to average stuff. Quantumania was also a critical bust. Oh, so three. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Um, but, and then you just got kind of middle of the road stuff. So, I mean, they're definitely not, they're not throwing. They heat. haven't had this many like, fast critical balls. stinkers since like 2013. So, yeah. And I, I don't think, I mean, it's not the an thing accident. Is also, Guardians was not a critical hit. To be, to be clear, if you look at the like the first one, you, no, this one, this one is not a critical hit. Oh, is it not? I haven't looked at all. It's got sixty-four critic. I, I mean, the thing is, I think critics are just tired of this, and I don't blame them. Like, I think they're tired of having to see four of these a year. Well, and, and I seriously, uh, you know, what I'm <laughs> you know? kind of saying here is when you when you go down the list and there's a preponderance of average, um, mm-hmm. critically, yeah, it is going to be like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm tired of this, and they often aren't that good. It's got an eighty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good. I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't use Rotten Tomatoes. That's kind of a flawed metric, but, you know. Well, I mean, that's that's where they got savaged on uh, the ones that really got critically busted. Anyway, yeah. so, you know, I'm still not real bullish. Bearish? I don't know how these work. <laughs> Dave-ish. Dave-ish. I'm here. Here's how it's going to work for me. I'm very optimistic yeah. about the Bears' future. So uh-huh. bearish is optimistic, and bullish yeah. are not optimistic about the Chicago Bulls. That's the, that's the one that isn't good. So I'm not... I am bullish on the MCU future. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I think it would be fine. I think it would take them uh, maybe four years of, like, flailing before they decided to yoink this. So, you know. I, I don't I don't think they'll decide to yoink it. I, you know, it's not, I, no, it's it, not a, know, like, the, will they shut it down question. It's a, will I 
you know, just get sick of it. Well, I mean, DC it. shut it down, right? But they had well, they a series of... Yeah, right. Took a long time, and they have, you know, three good movies and eight stinkers. I don't yeah. know. That's no, but weird, this but... was... I mean, this was awesome. This was great. Uh, I'm... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I do have to say, when I look at the rest of this year, I'm very curious if Secret Invasion could be good. You know? I'm, I'm definitely the, the most down. Like, if you didn't have the TV stuff this year, I think... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we we're just looking at phase four or phase five in terms of movies. I'd probably feel better about it, you know. I think that the TV kind of malaise is what yeah, got me they, down the most. Um, seems like they're slowing down. They are know, that wisely. kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, Secret Invasion should be interesting, and the Marvels I have high hopes for. So yeah, Secret Invasion's coming soonish, right? Yeah, uh, June twenty first, so. six six episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's right a good now. talent. We'll see. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six episodes, and sometimes even six episodes is like somehow they make that too long. Um, but yes, agree. Uh, all right, Guardians, good movie. Thank, thank God. I was really. I'm I glad. mean, I was I was ready yeah, to start defending it, but I'm glad that you were on the same page. <laughs> no, I mean it's. I'd be curious, I guess, for folks who, if there are, if there's a crowd that like was let down by it, I guess I'd be I curious what seen... those reasons are. Um, I've not seen anyone personally who's not into it, and our our Slack is like pretty tired of the MCU. Yeah, like, I mean, I was I, I was I, think I was a little ready to go into it and be like, you know, too much animal cruelty for two and a half mm-hmm. hours is not a particularly good time, um, and that's true. But mm-hmm. I I do think the execution here was was really smart. It was really yeah. smart, yeah. and it was done. It's nice to have like a real director and real sets, and I mean not real sets like. You know, I don't was, know if they it, built uh, the bioorganism in space, but I guess I they, they built has some that kind props, of props, maybe. But uh, they, God, I, I had just seen. We just went to go see. Um, I don't want to get too waylaid. Memoria, which is a Tilda Swinton movie that is just like two hours of people like sitting in rooms <laughs> silently. It's just like <laughs> I was in a movie theater with about twenty five other people, and at the end of the theater, I could hear three separate people snoring. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like just people in a room today and i i during the movie because there's so much empty space in it uh where you're just supposed to sit and think uh during the movie um i was thinking like there couldn't there couldn't be more different a more different movie in a movie making experience than this in guardians which we'd seen a few days earlier where i'm like sure i don't think there's literally one scene in guardians that doesn't have some kind of digital effect right there's not anything in this movie that is not Maybe when Peter somehow. meets his grandpa. No, that's probably literally the only that's scene. Is like, maybe, but who knows? Sometimes they surprise you, and they're like, "Yeah, that you know, this was on a soundstage, and the whole backyard was right. digital, right?" Like Endgame, where they're like, "Yeah, their costumes throughout the entire movie are CGI, yeah. even though it looks like they're just wearing clothes." I did see. Anyway, I did see this movie set a record for prosthetics used. Oh, um, yeah. So I think some of that Those was suits maybe making it the feel, o- uh, you know, more more tactile. The big suits that the Orgothorpe people wore, I love that. I was cracking up. The the huge, um, just the right the right mix of goofy and alien. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. big definitely. silly goofball suits. Dave, while we were talking, mm-hmm. I took the plunge and I bought on Steam Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> okay, it, it is my favorite. 17- it is my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy story since the franchise was. I, I've been excited to know, play it. But it's just been, uh, I, I, I don't know, it was like sixty bucks. So. Uh, but it was down to seventeen dollars on sale. Yeah, surely you could get that trigger. puppy for cheap now. I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's I'll, it's uh, super super worth it. Love probably once I'm done with Tears Tears of the Kingdom, I'll uh, I'll try it out. Understandable. 
Spoiler you want to talk for an hour? Uh, have me spoil Tears of the Kingdom for you? Is it spoilerable? <laughs> no, I, I, I went in really blank, not knowing even, like, what new powers you get. I don't know. Like, the Zelda games are very much about exploring and finding stuff on your own. Until so, like, you said the Divine Beasts in our earlier uh, talk before we started, I could uh-huh. not have told you what happened in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and oh, I played okay. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, not the plot. Like, I don't care about the plot. I, I just, like, th- those games are so much fun to, uh, you know, like, in Breath of the Wild, find that island that takes all your tools away, right? And you're like, oh, there's an island in the distance. Let me swim to it. And then you get there and, you know, there's some, like, that's stuff that I wouldn't want given away to me. Um, I kind of want to discover on my own. I like, um, I didn't do this. I didn't look up anything with Breath of the Wild. I just played and experienced it. When I played Ocarina of Time in college for the first time, I played it way late. I, Hmm. it was this thing of like everyone in my dorm had played it, you know, in fourth, fifth grade when it came out. Mm -hmm. And, Anytime I got stuck, literally anyone of the like twenty five <laughs> guys could walk in and be like, "Oh, just do you know, go do, do this yet?" Just like, it was so wild and so perfect because it was like it was like having living, breathing FAQ guides just constantly yeah, popping it, into my room. Um, just be- best men way to play coming in here. <laughs> guys, what's the the song of time again? Yeah, yeah, no, it was like you hear down that. the hall like four people like ah 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 ah. <laughs> yep, just total muscle memory for everything. It was amazing. Yeah. That's great. Um, all right, what do we what do we read next time, Dave? On my marvelous year, I think yeah. So the next uh, step is going to be two thousand three part three. We are going to be reading. Um, got it in front of me here. One, two, three. Captain Marvel Mystique, and Runaways, Wolverine, Emma part Frost. Three is... Oh, you're right. I skipped one. That's part four. Yeah. yeah, Captain Marvel, and then the Marvel Universe: The End and Thanos. Which uh, I'm not on that episode. Speaking of Cosmic Adam first... Warlock, get some Jim Starlin, uh, Jim Starlin Thanos comics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm not on that one because I did quit at that point because uh, we recorded this <laughs> you quit? after. I did quit my Marvelous Year, yeah. so this is the last episode you'll hear me on. That's right. You quit for two episodes, and we had to talk you back in. Yep. Yeah. I renegotiated, just like James Gunn. I was canceled for my old tweets, and then... <laughs> Your old life. tweets are vile. <laughs> on the My Marvelous Year account, to be clear. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Was, it's the only time I've ever tweeted. Um, but then, you know, the show support from the community... You, you changed your mind. It's true. It's true. That's... We had to we had to rehire you, and not only that, but I then had to promote you to the uh, what was your chief title? You gave yourself a chief title. That chief I, scientific officer. Chief scientific officer. Got you were so canceled that I had to rehire you with a promotion, which is exactly what James. Listen, has anybody ever played a stupid canceling better than James Gunn? Like, like could this have worked? I was better just for him? rereading <laughs> that saga again because of this. Yeah. Like this morning, I just sat and read that again, and I was like, Disney is so like cowardly <laughs> the way that they handled uh-huh. that. I forgot that the the reason they hired him back because it was like you know they fired him. But the whole thing's absurd. Like they yeah. knew about his tweets before they hired him initially because he had already come out publicly and apologized for them before he even got hired. He had already like addressed them publicly. Uh huh. So it was not news. Anyway, they fired him. Also, let's be clear that the tweet was a stupid joke. Oh, it was. A, I mean, it was a gross joke, but like. But yeah, it was, was a. It was clearly be... a stupid joke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And very in line with the tenor of comedy on the internet at that time, right? Very yes. like edge lord stuff for sure. Anyway, um, he, he you know kind of apologized again, and you know was very like gracious and like yeah, I understand, I get it, and then. Everyone on his crew, every member of the Guardians and every actor involved was like, this is messed up. We stand by him. I don't know if I want to work without him. You know, unilateral, unilateral, like praise and support from all of his co-workers didn't budge Disney. 
he met with Disney execs, didn't budge Disney. DC hires him and they publicly announce that they're going to do a James Gunn movie. And DC's, their Disney's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess we'll hire him back. Like, it was, <laughs> it was only because Warner Brothers, it was like a week after they announced and no one freaked out and everyone was like, oh, great. James Gunn doing another movie at D- DC. File this like, under every I time okay. I say how important it is that DC has a decent superhero film Sure, universe. yeah, that, this is very... This yeah, is why... example of that, yeah. Com- competition matters. Competition is the only <laughs> thing that pushes them, you know? Yeah. Um, not not to mention the whole thing was like a right-wing uh, astroturfed thing, right? It was... I can't remember the guy's name because he's irrelevant now, but one of these right-wing podcast guys had like stirred up the pot because James Gunn was very liberal yeah. <laughs> in his oh, yeah. like you know politics and it was like pr- these right-wing guys pretending that they were offended to you know get back at holly weird or whatever uh-huh um i just want to mention a few itunes reviews they're really nice rickety row wrote mmm mmy rocks not bamf wrote top comic show and messy j 27 wrote marvel zombie question mark and uh, thank you so much for the reviews last month on apple podcast i really appreciate that thank you all that is super appreciated. If you'd like to review the show, you can go over to our iTunes, My Marvelous Year. We do like those, and we'll share them occasionally. If we remember, you can also support the show over at patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear to keep us going. We're doing Extra it. Extra Issues is uh, is still going. We just announced our next uh, theme, I guess, for the next six months. Charlotte and I, and for one episode, Dave, will be covering Fantagraphics as a publisher. So we're going to be reading Ghost World, Black Hole uh monsters by barry windsor smith my favorite things monsters a bunch of different stuff so come check that do you see uh fanographics just entered a flame war with pitchfork i did not <laughs> why did they do that, that seems so odd. pitchfork ran a column and the artwork was pretty clearly ripped off from a famous jaime hernandez love and rockets drawing of i oh, think yeah. maybe Mag- maybe yeah, it's a different yeah. character but somebody playing guitar and yeah, uh, so somebody yeah, yeah. called him out on social and then Fantagraphics shared it as well. And they were like, pitchfork, not cool. So listen, on one hand, I feel kind of bad for whoever this like freelance artist is because <laughs> that's probably a pretty hard career. Um, but uh, but maybe don't. Well, no, I'm rockets. looking at it. This is a trace for sure. Like- <laughs> it looks like a trace. It looks Greg right. Landy. I think we yeah, can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I, <laughs> I think Fantagraphics tweeting, you forgot to credit and compensate Jamie Hernandez. It's not a flame war. <laughs> it's getting That's hot. Little... It's getting real okay. roasty in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye speaking, on Fantagraphics V Pitchfork. All those collections of Love and Rockets. All of they you bought really... the whole thing? No, I bought the first volume of both Jamie and Gilbert's. So six books total. Nice. Um, it's really nice because they break it down. You can either buy the complete Love and Rockets in volumes, which is just issue by issue, or you can buy it broken down by brother, right? So. I got that version. If I if I got stranded on a desert island, full mm-hmm. stocked with pizza and Love and Rockets collections, I'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's a lot here. I'm excited to read it. Never have. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. This is my mother this year. We'll see you next year. See you next. Time.